but I kind of love all that woo-woo stuff. I think that's really important. And, you know, this podcast is all about self-development, which I think there's a lot of hand in hand between your spirituality and how in tune you are with your higher self and your ability to see success in your life. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background and kind of how you started Hybration Organics. Yeah, cool. So my background was um, very much sport focused growing up as a kid, uh, mm-hmm. very much a sport, sporting family, sport dominated, like played high level basketball, um, moved through that space, leadership programs in that space, and then moved into like mining and which is a very, I guess, different <laughs> um, right. industry to what I'm in now. Um, so I was a supervisor in the mines over here for about nine nine and a half years Uh, so COVID hit we were looking to sort of shift like what we were creating in the world I guess we just had our first child um, really helped us to sort of think and assess like what we were doing with our lives and and were we happy with the way the world was going and if we weren't then what were we going to do about it Um, we could either sit there and just accept where it was going or we could try and make positive change in our circle and and grow what we were doing Um, so yeah fell into hydration organics fell in love with cacao fell in love with intentional beverage consumption and sort of moved away from disconnecting substances like alcohol and coffee which i used a lot of when i was in the mining industry being a very i mean, you have to, you, i used to have to wear a lot of masks in that industry and show up in a certain way that wasn't really aligned with who i was and so that's really disconnecting and causes like a really disconnected fragmentation of your person really so really moved away from that um found hybration organics and and really fell in love with that and also the work that i do with my sister at the genius portal in regards to like intuitive and arts and a creation um it really just lined up and and created like a wonderful wonderful life that we now get to impact so many people and and continues to deepen and grow and um yeah just really blessed to be able to do what we're doing now right so how did you kind of fall into, you know, the cacao ceremony and I guess the more uh, spiritual, uh, wholesome side of things? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's always been there. It's just more something that I sort of probably buried. Um, my sister's very much led the way for us in that, like, I guess that niche or that industry. Um, mm-hmm. She sort of, she gave up her medical career, or like walked away from like a science science background, a medicine degree to focused on like intuitive healing and and medicine of the heart um, and probably tried to bring me along for the ride and I pushed it back being in those sporting places still and it very much, I guess, feeling like it wasn't the way I should be doing or what like, I guess we're ingrained in society to act in a certain way and think okay. certain things and, and that really didn't align with me from that point of view and then it wasn't until... I started to really reflect internally and, and dive into the truth of who I am that I realized, oh, actually, this is a path that should have been on for a long time. Um, right. And then really just, I guess, I'm a big believer that the feminine sort of, the feminine energy will bring the masculine to where it needs to be, sometimes mm-hmm. kicking and screaming, and then the masculine sort of has to <laughs> say, oh, cool, I'm here now. <laughs> um, right. I've got it from here, right? I've got it from mm-hmm. here. Thank you for your support. I'll take it from here. And that's been yeah. very much how our relationship has been um, similar to my partner, Elise, and my mom. They've been such nurturing like influences in my life, but not always in like a lovey, nurturing way. It's almost, sometimes it's that tough nurturing as well to sort of like 
pull you back and say, well, that's not really who you are. Like, come on, pull your yeah. head in or like, no, stick, stay your heart. And I think that's right. sort of made my life a lot simpler in a way, you know, like that living in a way that is this aligned with my heart. And it makes right. life really simple to sort of go, okay, which path am I going to go down? Is this aligned? No. Okay. Like, why would I go down that path? Or if it is, yes. Okay. Sweat, let's jump in and go. Yeah. Like the self-awareness and, but sometimes someone has to almost force you into it to be like, Hey, take a look <laughs> at yourself. What are you doing here? Yeah. Okay. I think for, yeah, for so sorry, many people they have that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, for so many people, they have that <clears throat> coming to Jesus moment, I guess, like is what it's called right. in the spiritual world, I guess, you know, that awakening yeah. moment. And, and for a lot of people, it can be 30, 35, 40. Um, you sort of see it a lot in people go to uni, come out of it, got this degree that they can't even get a job with, loan up, and you have that sort of moment in the sand where you're either like, you've either got commitments or relationships, settling down to have kids, getting a mortgage, a loan, and then you're stuck. Or you go, stuff it all, I'm going to go traveling, I'm going to find myself and then come back and do what I love. And so mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of what the work we're doing now is trying to bridge that gap and and help people have those moments a lot earlier um, right. so that they can go, I'm really aligned with this. I know the truth of who I am. I know what's in my heart. I know what I want to create in the world. I just need to find the support to be able to create it. Um, right. And hopefully that helps create a lot of people in the world who are like really happy with what they're doing and, and, and not feeling stuck and, and like they have to do yeah. certain things in order to fit in or in order to, you know, keep their job or whatever. Right. That's amazing. I think, uh, I suppose, I don't know if I would just continue using the word spiritual side, but the aligned side, you know, and not leaning towards the drinking and things like that. I think a lot of people are, uh, I guess, more afraid of, the backlash from maybe family members or friends or coworkers of, Oh, well, we're going to go get a drink after work. And it's like, I'll go, but I'm not going to drink or in the beginning (laughs) when that's a habit you're used to, you maybe don't want to put yourself around it. And, you know, I think we almost all until we have that awakening have like an unconscious problem and maybe it's not directly alcoholism or anything like that, but you're either addicted to the feeling of being around those people and having to conform to the things that they're doing or just don't be around those people, you know, and it's a hard decision to make sometimes just until you can build that habit of, of not wanting to reach for it. And you're much more aligned with what you're doing now and you feel the difference. But sometimes when you're first starting, you're like, well, you know, I don't feel it right away or I'm missing that or missing those people that I used to do those mm. things with, but they're not, those things aren't aligned with who I am. So what does that say about those people? And it makes a really complicated dynamic for you socially <clears throat> i feel in the beginning you know yeah 100 percent. i mean i think i've lost it's interesting like probably the last two years i've sort of probably lost friends and or not lost friends i've just grown further apart from them i'd still you know if they called and said hey i need a hand with something i'd still be there for them and i'd still jump and right. out. But <laughs> it's, not, it's not like i'm not going out of my way to but I'm not interested in the same things anymore. And so you just naturally grow apart. And But you also, when you start doing more of the things you love, that sort of gravitates people who are in the same passions and same fields. And, and you sort of, I think it becomes a lot easier and quicker to make really deep connections. And so right. I feel like over the last couple of years, I've connected with more people who I feel so much more confident in would be there for me in my time of need now. 
Right. Um, and I think so. I think if there's anyone listening that's going through that, and if you're like the first one in your friend group to start making change, it can be really difficult. I mean, the the mind wants to stay comfortable, and so that friendship group or that group of people is going to try and pull you back because it wants to stay in the norm. It wants to stay comfortable, even if that's killing them, even if that's making them unhappy. The mind knows it can survive there, and so that tendency to bring you back will be really really strong especially if you're the first one to sort of step outside that comfort zone and and do something that might not be normal in your friendship group like stopping drinking or giving up cigarettes or whatever that might be um okay. i think having that awareness that hey no this is actually what i want to do it's not personal it's not there's nothing personal i think that's the big thing in creative orientation and and like heart-centered living is that it's nothing is personal. It's just structure, right? It's just a structure that you no longer want to be in it. And that makes it a lot easier too, is that you can have that conversation. Like, hey, look, this is just a choice that I'm making for me. I still love you. I still like want to hang out with you, but don't pressure me into drinking. Don't think that I might change, that you don't want to hang out with me anymore. I'm still the same person. Right. I'm just choosing not to drink. Or I'm just choosing not to smoke cigarettes anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so- a really... It's been really interesting for me being in that, I guess, sporting dynamic that has a lot of like drinking associated with it. And then mm-hmm. whereas I want to have, you know, the conversations that you have when you are alcohol fueled and you do like right. get really deep. Those are the conversations like that I'm trying to have now without that and without that need for alcohol to like remove the mass and the conditions and to allow you to go deeper. So, yeah, right. that's sort of where we're at. Yeah. And it, it kind of becomes a shift in, in who you are versus needing a substance to bring out a different part of you. It becomes not something that you do or practice, but it becomes a part of who you are. Those conversations naturally come up. You're not one who wants small talk anymore or who needs to break down that wall that only happens through things like alcohol <clears throat> to be able to find those connections with people. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think that's why I like I love what we're doing at Hydration Organics with the intentional beverage consumption. And like, even if you still want to choose to drink alcohol, like having an intention about it um, and doing it for a reason, not just to get smashed and forget about, disconnect from the problems in your life, um, right? But to have a great time and like actually remove some conditions and and then but have that self awareness and that ability from an emotional intelligence point of view to then go, oh, hey, why do I need alcohol to behave like this? Why do I need alcohol to show up as who I really am? And then you can have some wonderful realizations about, hey, maybe I don't like my environment at work. Maybe um, my friendship group is actually holding me back from being who I want to be and all of those sort of things. They lead to some, they can lead to some difficult decisions and difficult conversations, but Um, the more that you sort of step into the truth with your heart and the more that you keep going down that path, the easier it sort of gets. Right. So on the topic of, you call it intentional beverage consumption? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so with cacao ceremonies and things like that, what's, I guess, the objective of doing a cacao ceremony? Cool. So <clears throat> cacao is very much like a heart medicine. So if you think about your DMTs, your psilocybillins, ayahuasca's, they're more of a, I guess, expanded consciousness plant medicine. So help you expand the mind, get familiar or get on board with ideas that you might not be so on board with if you don't experience those plants medicines. Whereas 
Right. For me, cacao allows you to do that for yourself in an internal reflection point of view and allow you to get really close and deep into the truth of your heart. Um, mm-hmm. So the intention behind those ceremonies is to really dive into who you are and to dive deeper into the truth of that, to get intimate mm-hmm. with it and to unlock that sort of power within. If we sort of talk quantum physics, I guess, and that spirit, mind, source connection, I'm a big believer in that like our power lies in our heart space versus Mm -hmm. like not in our mind. And so the more that we can tap into that heart space and the deeper we go there, the the closer and closer we get to that like power. Um, Right. And that's the intention behind a cacao ceremony is to really let you dive deep into your heart. We always have the intention. We always set the intention just to be open to receive what you're there to receive because I think in society we, whenever we go to events, festivals, concerts, we're always looking for that moment which puts us in our head and actually stops us from having the moment in the first place. So just coming with the, coming in with this perspective of being open to receive what you want to receive and, and being cool with that allows you to actually receive the medicine. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and I've, I've seen in your page, like looking at the ingredients and things like that, that are in the cacao that you guys sell there's things like lion's mane and things like that. Like I take a lot of those yeah. mushroom based supplements um, and everyone, you know, I have a lot of coworkers who are like, Oh, well like what kind of mushrooms are they? I'm like, I'm not taking magic mushrooms to come into work. I promise. <laughs> but they, you'd be incredibly surprised by what those things do. And my brother was always like, for you, you said it was your sister. And in, in my situation, the roles were reversed. He was the first one to kind of find the natural plant medicine. He was on a route to go to physical therapy school and decided I, I like the more holistic round introduced me to things like this. And I think there's a lot of um, like kickback to things like this because they think it's um, you know, you mentioned ayahuasca. A lot of people think it's hippie and psychedelic and that's not always the case. It's spiritual, but there is a reason why, you know, you see videos of the hippies and they're, they all are very loving and their hearts are very open. There's a reason for that. Um, but I think a lot of people are afraid of the plant medicine because they confuse the two worlds for like the psychedelic world and this world. But I think in some sense, both are important. <laughs> um, yeah, hundred percent. And like the, the flow state, which you and I met, talked about when we were scheduling this, I think is something that since I've started maybe just a few months ago, I just started taking a supplement with lion's mane mushrooms in it. And the amount of productivity that I've seen is insane. A, for me to be able to sit at a desk for hours and not get uncomfortable and feel like I want to crawl out of my skin because physically, like inflammation wise, I'm a lot more comfortable to be able to sit here for hours and get some work done, but also the concentration that comes with it. Um, Mm. But I wanted to hear a little bit from you on the flow state because a lot of your cacao products help to kind of bring that on. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about how those two coincide a little. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, we we couple the cacao powder and the adaptogenic mushrooms. So your lion's manes, chagas, cordyceps, um, rishis, and really bring that into the powerful blends that have an intention behind them and, and create a response. Um, our focus blend is the focus flow and that's we've got lion's mane in it. So lion's mane is a great neural pathway connector, great from an expansion mind point of view. 
some really cool research and, and studies going on at the moment in regards to like neurodegenerative diseases and prevention in those spaces. So really good for the brain, but we also add ginkgo biloba to the focus flow bend and, and ginkgo is known as the miracle tree in Chinese medicine. And what that does is if you think about your brain and the smallest capillaries that don't always get open, so they don't always get exposure to the blood and the oxygen and, and the properties of the cacao and, and whatever supplements you're taking, the ginkgo actually opens those capillaries. So from a cognitive function point of view, it actually increases that component. So um, that's why we couple those together. It creates a really powerful and potent like focus and cognitive enhancer blend. Um, and, I, and I'm a big believer in sort of like that your your flow state like your real genius space when it comes to flow state is very much tap, tapping into the heart space and that creative center um and your flow state from a like i guess a mental point of view is more around like task and orientation so two very different i think there's two different flow states and a lot of people talk about the flow state of the mind and getting tasks done and being on it and you know being able to function but i really want to dive into how we can unlock that creative space and that creativity mm -hmm. that intuition that creating new ideas that no one's ever thought of and i think that comes from the heart and so being able to couple like blends and, like cacao and, and mushrooms like the two both and bring you into that really centered flow state is um something that we really pride ourselves on here um and, and it's something that we continue to work on and continue to tweak and and just as the new research comes out as well we'll just really dive into it more and more and more I would love to do. I can't find anywhere in my area that does cacao ceremonies, but I feel like mm. I would almost. What do you suggest? Do you suggest like experiencing it on your own for the first time, like buying it, implementing it into your day to day? Or do you suggest kind of going the route of going to a group ceremony and then implementing it into your daily life? It really depends on your intention, your, uh, your, I guess, experience with plant medicines and rituals. And if you've got like your own daily ritual, for example, where you might meditate once a week for a long period of time, adding cacao into that is going to allow you to stay really grounded, open your heart space up. And I think realistically, like you can create your own ceremony with that cacao. So I think like cacao is very much a frequency plant medicine. So what you put into that plant medicine and, and your cacao will come back at you. So when we're doing ceremonies, we're singing, we're dancing, we're playing around, we're just being ourselves and we're imbuing that frequency into that medicine. And I think that's the important part, which you can do by yourself, right? You can just be yourself, you can be brewing, you can be playing the singing bowls or you could be playing your favorite music and dancing and, and, and saging and, and cleansing that cow and just setting your intentions with it and bringing some different ingredients to increase some different flavor profiles and have a wonderful ceremony by itself. Um, right. You know, and we're really, really open to the idea of being able to talk people through that. But if you've got someone in your area and you want to embrace the community side of it too, then there's no, there's no harm with going and finding someone that can facilitate that in your area and, and really dive in and, and sort of teach you how to, how to do it or just invite you into a ceremony so you get a feel for it. But I think realistically, like if you've got the cacao there and you, and you know a little bit about ceremony intention setting, then you can create a wonderful ritual and ceremony for yourself. Right. So in terms of the setting intentions part, 
what is, do you have kind of a ritual or like a, a set of questions that you tend to ask yourself before starting, you know, getting into that or even going into a meditation because, you know, that also helps bring on the flow state and things like that. But do you find that you come out with the best outcomes when you kind of ask yourself the right questions? Or is it more of, I want to come out of this with a general better understanding or feeling this certain type of way? What's kind of your uh, protocol personally for yeah. that? Um, so it depends on the scenario. If I'm doing like a group session, then I'll wait until I'm in the space and then I'll just drop into the space once I've cleared it. I'll go through and clear the space out, sage, smudge, whatever you want to do. Um, and then just drop into the space and sort of ask for guidance and just drop in and say, hey, okay, sweet, I've got this on today. What's going to be the theme? Or, again, setting those same intentions of being open to receive what I'm here to receive, being open to facilitating what flows through, and then depending on what the setup is like. So if it's like a dance night or an ecstatic dance event, then I really want to bring fire and air into that cacao. And we mm -hmm. do that through our movement. We do that through whisking. We do that through maybe adding cayenne pepper um, and the ingredients that we use. But if it's a really deep journey in regards to like a really grounding self-reflection experience, then I'm not going to move that cacao as much. I'm going to let that melt down and have that real grounding experience of the cacao as well and let that flow through. So really yes. depends on the environment or the workshop that I'm doing. Um, but from an intention point of view, I'm always setting the being open to receive the medicine that I'm here to receive and being open to facilitating whatever flows through. Um, right. Those are the two main ones that are always set from an intention point of view and then to serve the highest good of those present. And I think if I keep those intentions and stick to those guidelines and just serve the highest good, regardless of what that looks like, that might actually be pulling a thread that has someone having an experience that they might not want to go through, but it's what they need. And so if right. I'm committed to seeing them in their greatness and understanding that they're really powerful, that's one of the things that I always talk about at the start. Like, you know, I'm here, I'm trained, and I'm capable of helping you through an emotional experience. But just know that you are very, very powerful and you are capable of dealing with it yourself. If you want more support, raise your hand and I'll come and help. But you do have the power to be able to work through that yourself. Right. Um, and so that's sort of how I set up for a ceremony and then we'll, and we'll dive in and just go with what flows. If I've got like a big, a couple of day event, then I generally will do what's called a diada and I'll just journey with the plant medicine. So I'll just journey with cacao or the mushrooms for like the week in the lead up. And that'll be all I have plus water um, right. for the week. So no food and just really dive in. And then at the end of that yard or I'll journey. So I'll drop in and then I'll receive guidance on how I want to facilitate or what themes I want to bring up or what the meditation might be. I mean, you find right. that once you obviously don't have the, I guess, the cruxes of the body from a food point of view, you're able to tap in really quickly and have a really powerful journey. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, because I, I think there's a little fear too, um, just of, you know, anytime I've experienced anything like that, I've always been in the presence of someone else. Nine times out of 10, it's been with my brother. So to, I think the hesitance comes from 
a the unexpected right because you don't know what kind of message you're going to receive and sometimes not sometimes most of the time the messages that we're receiving are things that are maybe things that we're doing now or things that need to be changed and i think when there's fear of change there's fear of you know there's resistance to leaning into it all the way and and allowing it it's but you can't be in the in between which i know and i'm aware of but it's still um <laughs> challenging sometimes to accept it um even if you put yourself in the situation and you're receiving all these messages and guidance yet afterwards it's like well i now i have to do something with that or you know make the choice to deliberately create from what i I learned about myself today or learned about what I should be doing. But I think the there's a lot to learn from these types of experiences, whether it's a, a daily, you know, ceremonial thing in your morning, um, but coming into your higher self, which I hear you talk about a lot on social media. What do you feel is one of like in your personal journey, because in order for you to have come this far to be able to teach it, you have definitely tapped into your higher self and kind of went through the journey yourself to then be able to facilitate it. But what became possible for you once that became a habit and eventually you you kind of start becoming your higher self, what kind of changed in your, your daily dynamics and your way of, of living? How did you kind of know that I'm, I'm, tapped in and and mm -hmm. tuned into that higher source connection things like that yeah great question um it's just easeful like it's you know like when you're in your flow state and like things just you have momentum you're just smashing it out the day goes by really quickly and you're like i've got a lot done today <laughs> and that right. just becomes the norm that just becomes the norm and i think you just when you're doing things that you love it's really easy to really buy in you've got energy you're not feeling sluggish you're like getting up out of bed really quickly in the morning um you're not your bad habits don't creep in you know there's no power in those bad habits and i think when you're out of alignment or when there's things that you're avoiding though it's we seem to go back to our bad habits from a point of procrastination uh, and so for me, when I've sort of been, when I know I'm tapped in and when I'm in that place of my higher self, it's really just easeful. It's a lot of fun. It's real easy. There's no, oh man, I can't, I can't figure out how to do this or I can't, I get, I'm not in my head, right? I think that's where a lot of people spend a lot of their time is in their head, either externalizing problems or thinking about what everyone else is thinking about them. Um, and I think that's like you say with the, I guess fear around plant medicines is that I think for a lot of people, it's that understanding that, Hey, this might actually get me into the unknown and have me in a place of self-reflection and self-awareness rather than externalizing those problems. And it's not a place that many people want to be to start with. I mean, I didn't want to be there to start with because you've got to take a really good look at yourself <laughs> and right. go, Hey, I need to make some changes. Um, and I'm a big believer that as we go through life, that we have those challenges that we've got to go through and each challenge gets harder and harder and harder as you get more and more to the truth of yourself. Um, those breakthroughs become bigger and bigger and bigger. But uh, if you don't make the breakthrough or if you continue to avoid it, eventually the body or the, spirit, the soul, for lack of a better word, goes, well, maybe, maybe he's not going to get it in this lifetime. 
And then right. that's where I think you start to spiral. How like the the soul and the mind sort of fragment and disconnect. And um, I think that's where sort of like people get into addictions and all of those sort of things, which is a really big, big topic to drive into. But back to your original point, it's just that ease and that grace. And, and I think people people can feel when you're in that space as well. Right. You know, I think like the number of comments that you I get at like events or ceremonies where someone would be like, wow, it just feels good in here. You know, I think that yeah. comes through when you're really open, you're really open to receiving and you create that space. And I think people can pick up on that. I think, you know, we're first and foremost energy. And so good energies vibrate really well with us and, and disconnecting energies we can sort of avoid and pick up and, and move away from. So, yeah, I feel like right. you're just in a good space. Everyone's around you feels like you're in a good space as well. And, and you're really clear on your message, really clear on the truth of what you want to create in the world. And you focus on that and there's no distractions. There's no, you know, you're not in your head, like I said, um, which is where I think a lot of people spend a lot of their time. Right. What advice would you maybe give to someone who has a massive lack of clarity and, you know, has kind of stepped into this a little bit, trying to find their higher self, but is still struggling to kind of, uh, have a, a pure intention and is still feeling like you said that sluggishness or, you know, oh, I don't really know why I'm getting out of bed today and it takes them forever and they're kind of just dragging along. What is maybe a piece of advice you'd give to them to kind of point them in the right direction to find the reason that they're getting up in the morning? Yeah, cool. Um, firstly, avoid disconnected substances like coffee, alcohol, all that overconsumption of those substances. Mm-hmm. Um, find someone that is doing what you love and ask them to mentor you Um, because like you everyone really should have a coach or a mentor or someone that's doing the things right we don't know how to do the things until we get to we do them ourselves or someone tells us how to do it so do that and then really just start to look at your life and go do i love this is this love in my heart does it fill me with joy when i do this if not, why am I doing it? Because our time, right. our time here is that greatest asset, right? In this physical existence, regardless of what your beliefs are on afterlife or how many lives we get or soul contracts or whatever, right now in this physical existence, our time is our greatest asset. It's the one thing that we can't get more of. It's the one thing that we're constantly forced in society to give up for income or for salary or whatever that might be. And so really assessing that and going, what am I using my time here for? What are the things that light me up? What are the things that don't light me up? Um, I need to move away from those things. And really just the best way to do that is to just, it might seem really mundane and and repetitive to start with, but just asking yourself, is this aligned to my heart when you're going to make a decision? You know, whether that's, I can't be bothered cooking tonight, so I'm going to go get junk food. And right. stopping, you know, is this aligned with my heart or not really because I really want to be healthy and I want to have a really nice body or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Okay, then let's let's make a choice because life always comes down to two choices. Do you follow your heart or do you not? And then if, right. and if you don't follow your heart, then you have to accept those consequences that come with that. So there's no point yeah. in getting caught up in that and getting like annoyed with it because you've naturally already chosen those consequences because you made the choice in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's probably the the biggest realization that anyone can make in your life is that 
you are the predominant creative force in your life. Good, bad, and ugly. Doesn't it's not it's not your mum's fault, it's not your dad's fault. Yes, they have influences. Yes, they are like critical pieces of the puzzle. But at the end of the day, it is you and you alone that chooses everything that happens in your life. And there's some right. extreme circumstances like drunk driver might hit your car or whatever. Right. For the most part, like 99% of the time, you are the predominant creative force in your life. And the sooner you can make that realization, the better. You're awesome. This was really informative. <laughs> I I feel very inspired um, and a little told about myself, which is always a good thing. <laughs> Not everyone likes to be told about themselves indirectly, but, <laughs> you know, I would love to... Um, kind of share with everyone who's listening, um, like the link to your website. Um, so if that's okay with you, I'm going to put that in the descriptions yep. of all the things. Um, because I think it's important to especially have the resource coming from the same source that they heard the information from.